0: This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 86, where we're talking about Gotham, season 3, episode 8, Blood Rush. I'm
1: David Mazur, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell. You're listening to Gotham TV
0: Podcast. This is Robin Lord-Taylor, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. <laughs> Did you like our new intro? That is David Mazous, Robin Lord-Taylor, and Drew Powell saying a quick shout out to Gotham TV Podcast. If you missed our interview with David Mazous, uh, just go to our iTunes account at GothamTVPodcast.com slash iTunes. Uh, you can hear that interview. We also have our interview with uh, Robin O'Taylor and Drew Pell, which should be released later on this week. Uh, if you want to get those, just again, go over to iTunes at com slash iTunes or find us on any good or evil podcast catcher uh, just by searching for Gotham TV podcast. Um, I'm just doing a quick intro for this episode and I'll be back later on with some feedback. Uh, we recorded this episode over in London in a hotel room uh, where we were kind of getting close to checkout time. So, um, so John isn't joining me for this intro intro, but he will be on the audio review for this episode. And as I said, I'll be back afterwards with a little bit of feedback that we missed out for episode seven last week. Back over to London. And yes, this is Gotham
1: TV Podcast live from a hotel room in London. I'm still one of your hosts, Derek. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, John. Yes, we're here at Heroes and Villains FanFest in London. Um, day two is upon us mm-hmm. and day one has been. Uh, and what a great day that was. Loads of panels, the Gotham cast um, there were six of them up there, um, absolutely blasted it. They're, they drew a great crowd there. Mm-hmm. There was uh, Mila Ventimiglia, That's right. who used to be the ogre. He joined uh, the cast of of Gotham, which was Alfred, Sean Pertwee, The Penguin, Robin Lord Taylor, The Tigress, Jessica Lucas, Butch Gilzean, Drew Powell, and of course, uh, Bruce Wayne, um, David Mazus. Absolutely, yeah, and hopefully you've heard our interview with
0: David. Uh, if you haven't, just go back to the previous episode on our iTunes listing over at slash iTunes. A great little interview with uh, with David. And later on this week, we should have up our interview with Robin Orr Taylor and Drew Hell, who will be seeing today.
1: Absolutely, but yeah. With that, I think we should be cracking into our episode, John. What do you think? Yes, episode eight. Blood Rush, where we finally get to see a judge, jury and executioner. Was that Judge Judy and executioner? I can't stop thinking about hot fuzz when I think of that line. Absolutely, and yeah. Uh,
0: yes, this episode was directed by Rob Bailey, who's done about six episodes of Gotham so far, and some of our favourites, Johnny did uh, Season 1, Episode 7, Penguin's Umbrella. He did Knock Knock in Season 2 and Look Into My Eyes this
1: season, uh, Season 3. Yeah, really good. Loved uh, Penguin's Umbrella, such a... Seminal episode for me uh, from season one, oh, and yeah, rare. look into my eyes uh, where well, we got to see Jervis Tetch for the first time, and what an introduction mm-hmm. that was! Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this episode was written by Tse Chun. Uh, this is the
0: first episode of Gotham. Uh, he has another episode coming up this season, though, episode 18 of Gotham. So, uh, it's excited to see what he brings us in that future episode. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis of this episode?
1: Sure. After losing control and killing a criminal, Barnes visits Jervis Tetch at Arkham Asylum and demands to know if the virus can be cured, but Tetch says it's only a matter of time before it takes him over. Barnes begins hearing voices that urge him to kill more criminals. In the meantime, Lee and Mario throw an engagement party where Barnes makes plans to turn himself into police custody as he battles with the virus in his bloodstream. However, his psychosis overpowers him when he learns Dr. Simon, a killer he arrested, has been released thanks to his powerful connections. Losing faith in Gotham's justice system, Barnes plans to murder criminals in Gotham, starting with Simon, who he throws through a wall to his death. But before Simon dies, he reveals his killer's identity to a newly installed detective on the GCPD roster. So, after
0: almost a season with Captain Barnes... Uh, and most of the last couple of episodes
1: with a an infected Captain Barnes, we finally get to see what he's becoming. Yes. And um, I suppose we'll go straight into that. Yeah. Barnes becomes Judge Jury and Executioner, mm. which is great. I'm really pleased now that we're seeing this kind of disintegration of, of Captain Barnes. And um, certainly because, you know, he has been such the kind of straight laced sort of procedural guy in this show. Certainly... Um, You know, in contrast to Jim Gordon, who's kind of playing hard and fast with all the rules of of the book and obviously becoming then um, a, a, well, not a vigilante, but um, a bounty hunter. Mm -hmm. So um, it's really good now to see him starting to unwind here. Uh, And it's all down to effectively his loss of faith in the the rules and, and the procedures of the G C P D, of the laws in Gotham, which is connects and resonates with Jim's view on that some of these things just aren't working and, and you've got to um, you've got to kind of take the ball bull by the horns and, and do some of these things slightly um dirtily to get them done and, and to bring justice. And here we see now that Barnes is going down that similar line but seemingly with a more psychopathic um, and bloody streak to it yes. than than Jim Gordon. Yes, I think
0: uh, the the blood rushing through his veins, obviously from Alice Tetch and that, that drip in the eye is driving him to a little bit more um, violent nature than he would have had before. Uh, it was only chairs that he smashed in the past, now he's smashing people through walls.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Dr. Simon from, what, top floor bathroom? Mm-hmm. Through the wall... Onto the bonnet of a car. I do love it. I it was it. really good. Actually,
0: Michael Chiklis hulking out or thinging out, I guess, to, to reference his previous role in the Marvel universe.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I love just you know he he shouts guilty as he does this, and then as he looks down onto the sort of broken body of Doctor Simon, he, it's justice is served.
0: Absolutely. With that, with that blood comes a serving of uh, of. Uh, of being able to do superhero, superhero quotes. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it would be good to see the executioner. You know, it's kind of like morally, he's probably too violent for, for Jim, but he's doing the same kind of thing. It's just that he sees that killing them is the way it has to be done rather than um, effectively undermining the rules in order to get them arrested and to bring them through the system. True. And so it, it's, there's, there's that commonality with, potentially how the executioner is going to work like with Jim Gordon, with the big exception of the killing, the violence, the murderous rage, or mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Alice's blood. Um, and I, I do think um, it, it's really interesting. I own the only thing I would wish here is that they had maybe kept the mystery of the executioner, uh, for a little longer in, in terms of the other members of of, of the the storyline and the cast, yeah, and um, I think um obviously for the the audience, great to get that reveal and um, because it's really been building quite slowly, but I just wish that Dr. Simon really had snuffed it uh, as he impacted on that car Pretty rather exactly than would have yeah. yeah rather than clinging on to to life to. Uh, let Jim Gordon know that it was Barnes who had done this. Um, because it would have been good to have that sort of, you know, the the enemy in plain sight uh, doing uh, the various things, um, principally killing, murdering, maiming, and <laughs> I, I getting it, his hands red. But it would have been good to have had that, I think, for a little longer before yeah. Jim started to connect the dots rather than it being handed to him uh on a dead place. Well, yes, he's a detective after all. We do, we do kind of hope that he gets some detecting to do in the
0: future rather than just finding out off the lips of the, uh, of the victim. Now I presume Jim's not going to believe exactly what happened to Simon here. He's going to still have to investigate a bit to connect those dots to why Barnes has done it. We'll probably see that in the next episode. Yeah. It'd
1: be interesting. Will he challenge Barnes immediately mm-hmm. over this or, you know, and will Barnes kind of wriggle his way out of it? I hope, That is kind of the way it happens. Although how you explain um, the side of a uh, a building being sort of uh, broken through, Uh that takes... Great strength with a big person-shaped hole. Yeah. <laughs> but that wasn't that only... would have been cool if they'd done
0: that. <laughs> Absolutely. That would have been our Gotham, our Batman sixty-six moment for the episode, definitely. definitely. Uh, but that wasn't the only person that that, uh, that Barnes killed in the episode. And um, it's gone to our, our other case note.
1: Yeah, it um, kind of builds up to his his sort of psychopathic kind of rage and. and release on dr simon but we we have um the toad as well don't we uh, yeah we have Polly pennies first
0: uh that's oh, yeah. the that's the the guy that barnes goes to go, just follows down the street as he's melting uh, the body of uh, of someone that the toad has killed um yeah that's a really interesting one where barnes is uh where barnes goes after him and uh, and just his rage comes out and he rips off his head <laughs> violence for, for gotham again
1: just a bit, yeah. And um, that was like, but I that was really cool. And I do like the way then that kind of Barnes, knowing that what he'd done was wrong and against his own code, uh, kind of then takes the lead, takes point on the whole investigation mm-hmm. and really makes a point of that. Um, and then, you know, starts moving through the, the investigation and the leads uh, going then obviously to um, the Toad. That's right, He's He yeah. has hired Dr. Simon yeah. to, to do this work for, for new faces. Now, slight spoilery here, but, I mean, we do know that um, Jerome is reappearing and that he has a stitched-on face. Ooh. So I just wonder uh, whether Dr. Simon has been... Um, Doing his work with his magical fingers maybe. on Jerome's face, maybe. Uh, just that is
0: one of my favourite funny moments of the episode, where uh, where Barnes says that he's going to take over the case, and uh, and Bullock says to to uh, to Jim, "Do you want to go to the pub?" Basically, and then Barnes goes, "No, I'm taking point on the case. I'm not giving you the day off." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> great,
1: great little moment between the two. Um, yeah, and of course Barnes goes to Jervis Tetch in Arkham Asylum. Tetch knows from the end of last episode that Barnes has got his sister's blood in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, again, just a, a great meeting of these two. Um, what Tetch goes, what what darkness in Barnes has Alice brought to life? You know, Barnes' rage at the guilty, yeah. um, his sense of injustice, but being turned into a violent reflection of that, uh, rather than, and, you know, in comparison to Jim Gordon now, a rather naughty lack of following the procedures.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's, it's really interesting. That scene between, between Bard and Tetch is great. I love that Tetch is, is in Arkham Asylum, that he did make it there. So he obviously didn't have a, uh, a watch on him uh, when he was going, uh, being taken away by the GCPD.
1: It's the right place for him. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we will see some more storyline now returning back to Arkham. Obviously, a big part of season two. But, you know, what what will happen here? Um, Is he going to kind of just, like, disrupt, uh, turn all of the other inmates against all the guards? You could think that he could actually build an army of loyal inmates just by hypnotising him. Absolutely. For them, Um, I should say. Yes,
0: to to rotate that revolving door of Arkham,
1: definitely. (laughs) Uh, John, do you want to go on to the next point? Yes, keep the glasses on, Isabella. Um, Yeah, really... Really interesting kind of psychology here, you know, this, this, um, trinity of Isabella, Ed, and Cobblepot, Mm -hmm. Oswald, and, you know, that again, Oswald is trying to undermine this whole relationship, and, you know, he wants Ed all to himself, and sees it whole, the whole thing slipping away, and really kind of implants the, the idea on Isabella that she, should dress up uh, and become Christine Kringle again. And now she actually does it because she thinks this will get him past that hurdle. Yeah. Oswald is that it will frighten Ed into backing away. And it does initially. He certainly, um, after seeing those glasses uh, on Isabella's face um, in in the coffee shop, I think he is, very afraid of what he might do. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Where uh,
0: where she comes in fully dressed as Christine Crinkle in the full uh, full outfit. She must have been able to um, to kind of scan through a bunch of photographs from the GCPD to uh, to find exactly what uh, what Christine Kringle looked like. Because surprisingly, even though the actress is exactly the same actress, she knew exactly how Christine dressed.
1: Well, well, she had the glasses. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, she did. To begin with, absolutely. Full, full outfit, and uh, and then Ed kind of gets completely freaked out. But by the end of their of their meeting, he kind of says, says that a mortal line to her, keep the glasses on,
1: Isabella. <laughs> well, that's it. I, I do think as well, um, I loved how they played the bathroom scene with, with Ed after he'd seen her with the glasses on. Um, as Isabella rather than dressed up as Christine. And it was the whole reflection then of Christine Kringle in the mirror mm-hmm. rather than Ed's uh, other self um, that normally occurs. I mean, you know, some of those were great scenes where, where Ed is battling with himself, with the dual personality uh, in the mirror. And here it, he's not battling as such with, with himself, but he's having to confront Christine Kringle in the mirror. And that that was a really nice little touch and a little throwback to to those previous uh, moments in in earlier episodes, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, and even just that little bit of foreshadowing
0: from Kristen in the mirror saying, I'm dead and she's alive, but how long is that going to last to Ed? You know, nice little threat there to Ed that, that he's going to lose it at some point and take out Isabella, even though he loves her now, you know? Um, yeah, lovely, lovely little touches. But again, you see the dark side of Isabella in this episode, uh, where she's talking to Oswald and finally kind of shouts at him and goes, listen to me, you little idiot, let Ed go. Uh, wasn't really expecting that, that dark side of Isabella, unless we are right. And there's some connection between her and the court
1: of battles. Yeah. And, and obviously Oswald has just recently been introduced unbeknownst to him to the, the head of the court at mm-hmm. the moment in Catherine. Yes. From, from the previous episode at the, was at the father's, the founding father's dinner and party. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. But of course, as always, this, um, this challenge to, to Oswald Cobblepot, this, um, break of his control you know he thinks he's controlling her by suggesting that she wears this outfit that she you know he's he's kind of pressuring her not to go after Ed and then he's challenged and it completely cuts him and so he gets Gabe to cut her break. That's, I know that's our little cliffhanger for the episode I know I wonder whether she survived I really hope so it's kind of, yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. No, I'd, I'd love to, and we really want to see more of Isabella, definitely. But it's nice to see Gabe back. Um, yeah. The, the other, uh, the other henchman when Butch Gilzine isn't around uh, and isn't on Oswald's side. So nice that they're bringing Gabe back, uh, the, uh, the kind of muscle-bound um, right-hand man for Oswald. Um, but yeah, he, he's gone off to cut Isabella's brakes, you know. If Ed finds out about this, there's going to be hell to pay between him and Oswald.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, it's one of those things. Either she's going to have been like thoroughly, um, smashed through by the 925 to Gotham Express, <laughs> uh, or she will have survived for, you know, cutting and rolling out of the, the driver's, uh, seat, um, to safety or getting through, um, the, the crossing, the railway crossing. But mm-hmm she will know that it was Oswald. She has to. And there will be some kind of hell to pay. Absolutely. Um, and maybe this is the start of some kind of breakdown between Ed and Oswald. You know, that Oswald is going to lose Ed because of this. Mm-hmm. Either because she's dead or because she turns him against uh, Oswald. And I actually think that turning against um, Oswald because of Isabella and um, sort of in his ear would actually make for a really um, great kind of few episodes or, or a great storyline, I should say, mm-hmm. um, in, into sort of the demise of this lovely Nick Moggle part that we've got. Yeah, it would make total sense, wouldn't it, for them to, to split up over one?
0: Absolutely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of women and, uh, and love triangles, um, Lee and Mario finally have their engagement party. That has been kind of threatened since the first episode. Um, really good, kind of kind of moments in this episode with Lee and Jim finally having the uncomfortable discussion about their relationship. Uh, nobody seems to have um, have thought that Jim wanted Lee killed. Everybody seems to have realised that uh, that it is the whole idea that uh, Jim was telling Tetch to kill to kill Lee was because he wanted Lee saved, and Tetch would do the opposite of what Jim told him to do. So the old switcheroo, um, exactly, exactly. So. So that a little bit didn't really go down the way Jim
1: thought it would. <laughs> yeah, it, it unfortunately was um maybe too obvious. He didn't yeah. hide it well enough. Um the the intention behind um his his choice of Lee when when forced by by Tetch to make a choice between hi, um Lee and Valerie. But yeah, I mean it is uncomfortable and obviously um we see Mario give him a, a pretty hard right hook, which he, he lets him off, he says, yeah. I'll give you that one. Um, so I just wonder, like, it seems fairly fighting talk um, going on here. And, and I suspect that this might push Mario to take on his father's work. Um, and mm-hmm. we get to see Falcone again, John Doman, yeah. arriving here at the engagement party. Great to see him back. Mm-hmm. It's great that they can get him back for these these little um, scenes and little cameos that he does. Yeah. And um, such a great actor. And I love his interaction with Captain Barnes in, at the party. He's trying to persuade Barnes to kind of almost be in his pocket a bit. Um, and Barnes, obviously, with this um, executioner blood now running through him, is like, you know, this is another sort of nail in the coffin for the system for the mm. bonds, sort of trying to be blackmailed by the head of the the trusting with criminals, uh, a love triangle, um you know previous uh, gossip through the whole tech incident mm. and obviously then the arrival of uh, a psychopathic uh, captain of the GcPD who is about to throw one of the revered guests highly connected. Uh, out of one of the top floor babs. Absolutely, At the worst engagement
0: party ever. But you can't do nice, happy things in Gotham, really, can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Normally, people are just really happy for the engaged couple, uh, you know. But this this one seems to turn out into all out brawls. It's got the the uh, the future groom punching the
1: former boyfriend. You know, uh, loads going. Yeah, on. <laughs> we even have uh, babs there. Yes, we do. Which I think was probably an invite mistake. To I be do. Honest.
0: I love it when she comes in and points over and goes, "I'm with that guy. I'm a plus one." Or was it that guy? Uh, just because she wanted to get into this party and just have a go at Lee again, where she says, "Don't you miss Jim? Um, don't you miss the danger that surrounds Jim?" You know, again, pointing out that Pabs is not over Jim at all. She loved the craziness. Yeah. Uh, ever
1: since she turned into crazy Pabs. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I mean, I can only imagine that Leslie was like. As she turns around and there is Babs going, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> of all the people in the city, I didn't expect you to be here. Yeah, I, I would say exes at engagement parties uh a well, good thing. Especially not, really especially not your ex fiance, Ex-crazy, <laughs> yeah, ex-crazy fiancé. Well, yeah, she did try to kill him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, on to our final point. I think uh, just a short one, really. Uh, Jim being fully reinstated at the GCPD, uh, we did see that at the end of the last episode. That he was coming back to the GCPD, so that's that was uh, that was a known, I suppose. But just that interaction between himself and Barnes, I thought was really cool. Um, where they kind of they they have that moment between them as former vets, really former war veterans, uh, where Barnes is about to give up. He's kind of saying, I, "Have you ever had that moment where?" the war where you feel like you're not going to win the war and Jim says you win them one battle at a time. So Jim is back to being old Jim Gordon who will fight every individual battle and Barnes is now at his lowest ebb feeling that he's lost the war against the criminals of Gotham. And that was a really nice moment to kind of reinstate that again because it's kind of it's flipped from when Barnes arrived in the GCPD where he was the one telling Jim he needed to book up and battle against every single blight in the GCPD to make the GCPD work. So now that kind of relationship has flipped in this episode.
1: Yeah. And I, I, it's a nice way of them reconnecting, I think, because obviously, you know, Jim now fully reinstated into the GCPD. Um, so, you know, the two of them did have massive commonality with being ex, ex uh, soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, that certainly, you know, it started off with them both on the same page and that relationship disintegrated. And, um, you know, Barnes effectively losing respect a bit for Jim because he didn't follow orders, he didn't stay uh, to the rules, uh, and now Barnes. You know that is crushing Barnes by him losing that control and going outside of the rules. You know, with all the voices in his head, and obviously uh, Alice's blood cur- cursing, well, cursing, yeah, cursing through his veins, yeah. and coursing <laughs> at the same time. You know, and and changing and up, and this this reconnection uh, here in, in the precinct seems to be probably it might be one of the last few, hu- you know, truly human interactions that Barnes is going to have, and true. It, it's a bit poignant in that sense, and um, because I, I do think Barnes is just going to gradually lose more and more control, um, or. or the virus in his blood. I think so. I think so. And that final
0: case note also brings us on to our bullockism of the week. Uh, we have been doing our bullockism of the week competition. If you want to enter, all you need to do is just choose your favourite Harvey Bullock quote and email us to feedback at Gothamtvpodcast.com uh, and you could win a Harvey Bullock pop vinyl. Uh, the bullockism of this week is when Jim says to says to, to Bullock, you're not even going to welcome me back to the GCPD," and Bullock says. If we had a big to-do every time you came back to the GCPD, we'd never catch any bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) Nice little moment from Harvey.
1: Really good. Yeah, absolutely. You can tell he's really happy to have his best mate back. Yeah, he's loving it. Absolutely loving it. Uh, Any notes for the episode, John? No, just that we get Judge Bam Bam referred to in this episode. You know, He is back, and um, presumably writing um, strange arrest warrants uh, yeah. all over town. But yeah, we get a little little hark back to Judge Bam Bam. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I saw was just, I saw the Gotham
0: blimp in the background. Uh, this was cool. something that featured in the artwork for Gotham right back to the start. But I think I've ever actually seen it in the establishing shots. So there's a little bit of CGI to put a, a Gotham blimp in the background. I always hoped right back to Balloon Man in, in episode three, the one episode I didn't really like. I always hoped that we were going to get some interaction with the blimps of Gotham, uh, because it's such an unusual thing to see in this timeless city that is Gotham. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And one final note. I'm just re-recording my final note, because I got the number wrong when I recorded it originally. Uh, The number that's on Jervis Tetch's outfit in Arkham Asylum I thought was a really cool moment, because the number that's on his shirt is 106, which is out of Alice in Wonderland, the number that's on the hat of... Uh, the Mad Hatter in Alice in Wonderland is, is 10 slash 6. So uh, the guys in Gotham used 106 as the uh, as the number for for the outfit in Arkham Asylum. I thought that was a cool, cool little note. Very yeah.
1: cool. Very cool. Yeah, nice little touch there. Yeah. So that, I think that's our top five points and notes. John, overall, what do you think of the episode? I thought this was a really, again, strong episode. I, As I say, I think this is really a solid season so far. Really enjoying it. I'm going to my, my scoring system is going to refer to the wacky hairdos, um <laughs> at the at the engagement party that looked pretty crazy. They um, yeah. So I'm I'm giving this a, another solid four wacky engagement herdos uh, <laughs> out of five. I thought this was really good. It was great to see Barnes finally and turn into the executioner i know there's potentially a costume coming down the line which Mm. uh, looks heavy on eyeliner uh, but i really do like his his deterioration but i think what makes it really nice uh seeing this sort of character arc and development is particularly him reconnecting with jim and Mm. that kind of It does feel like a final moment between these two before Jim effectively is forced to go after Barnes uh, as a murderer, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, after finding out from Dr. Simon. I mean, having said that, I do kind of wish maybe that uh, Dr. Simon hadn't in his last dying breath uh, whispered Barnes to Jim Gordon. Yeah. I wish um, that maybe a little bit more of that mystery of who the identity of this guy was. And um, you know, could have persisted a bit longer. The engagement party, amazing for its craziness, and I think as well, they're really keeping all these kind of relationships that are, in effect, in in trouble at the moment due to you know whether it is Oswald trying to disrupt Isabella and Ed's blossoming romance or. Lee Tompkins and and Mario and Jim and and that sort of awkwardness that that still persists. I'm really enjoying that. I think it's really good and I think it 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 it's a a a jumping point to some really good episodes coming up as well in terms Absolutely. of how all these things are resolved especially given that, you know, it ends on a great cliffhanger with um, Isabella careering downhill with no brakes towards a rail crossing. As I say, as the 945 Gotham Express starts to whiz through, so we'll see (laughs) if she survives. I hope so. I really do. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely another good episode. And so future Derek will um, be introducing feedback here. So, um, I assume in my powers of deduction that that is what you'll say. He'll say something like, and now on to our feedback, future Derek. <laughs> uh, yes, I will. Yes, I will. And John will be back uh, with me next week on episode nine, The Executioner, which will be out on Wednesday, the 7th of June. Yeah, please send in any bullockisms of the week from this season or any season, anything that, that you... Really enjoy uh, one of his little quotes and you're in with a chance to be drawn from a prize draw for a Harvey Bullock vinyl pop. And of course, uh, subscribe to other podcast through gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes or search Gotham TV Podcast on any other good podcast catcher. Uh, we will be interviewing uh, Robin Lord Taylor and Drew Powell uh, this afternoon at Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. Uh, Day two. And so that should be out later uh, in the week. Absolutely. As always, thank you for listening. Bye. Back to future
0: Derek. Well, that's it. That's our review of Gotham season three, episode eight. Blood Rush. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Just wanted to come back in with a little bit of feedback that we missed out on last week's episode, episode 7, Red Queen. Uh, This feedback came in for Claire Payne, who we got to meet also at London Hero Villains Fan Fest. Uh, Really good meeting Claire while we were over there as well. Uh, And she starts her feedback with, I really enjoyed this episode of Gotham. I was so intrigued to know what the Red Queen was. Turns out to be a very powerful hallucinogenic distributed by the evil, creepy genius Jervis Tetch. Jim being its victim takes Jim on a trippy journey of some incredibly interesting layers. I'll be honest, I didn't understand all of the hallucinations, but it leads to Jim's fears since Valerie, Leslie and Harvey... All told him that's his problem. Another great scene was when Harvey told Jim to back off and let the GCPD solve the disappearance of Alice Tetch's corpse. Totally agree. I think this is what pushed Jim to join back into the GCPD, having his best friend tell him, I'm not going to support you anymore unless you go and actually let us do our job or join us on the job. Yeah, really cool. Um, Claire goes on to say, the hallucination, which I think is very significant, is Jim and his father. It was so good to get a bit more back detail about jim's background and the exciting revelation that there is a gordon family member in the court of elves very cool so ed is in love isabella has lovely femurs and oswald looked sick as a parrot when he found out about isabella oswald isn't one to gossip about his staff but he really felt the need to inform isabella about ed's time in arkham and how partially he is to a neck the scenes between edward and oswald have been magic but the other intriguing intriguing thing about this episode is that isabella after an, an afternoon reading articles on Ed, she's even more prepared to be in a relationship with him again. Who is this person? I know what you mean, Claire. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. We we are speculating that she is connected to potentially the court of court of or somebody else in Gotham. Um, it does seem really unusual that she would be so accepting of uh, of this version of Oswald. Definitely. Claire goes on to say I would like to congratulate Bruce on preparing a fine meal for himself and Selina and then quite rightly too doesn't let her get away with it and she doesn't turn up on time. One thing I've always admired about young Bruce is that he does take personal things seriously and Alfred is just perfect giving Selina a steely look when, he leave- when she leaves. The scene that really stood out for me is when Jarvis sees Barnes at the founder's dinner. Is that my dear sister I see? Absolutely brilliant. He is beyond crazy. And the gradual change in Barnes is very good. And I'm looking forward to seeing what parts of his personality the virus enhances. So, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed episode uh, episode eight of the show where we see Barnes coming out in full force. And obviously with next week's episode, episode 9, being The Executioner. I presume we're going to see more of Barnes' craziness. Thanks so much for your feedback, Claire. If you want to send in some feedback to us, just email us at feedback at Podcast.com, or you can go over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash gothamtvpodcast. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed so you can get our interview with robin lord taylor and drew powell coming up uh, probably tomorrow uh the thursday the first uh, of june uh, we should have that out uh, on our feed over on itunes at gotham slash itunes but again thanks so much for joining us we'll be back again next week with our review of gotham season three episode nine the executioner thank you
1: I'm David Mazouz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast.
0: This is Robin Lord taylor and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast.